Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate Jason so much and and Jeff. Uh, Jason spoke two weeks ago when we were at Colby and I were in a chess tournament. Colby was in a chess tournament in Tampa. Did really well. He's my basketball player, but he likes to play chess too. And uh, then last Saturday, last Sunday, last weekend, we were in North Carolina with Jake for a soccer tournament, and he did really good. Lost the games, but he learned a lot, and it was a tough, tough tournament in North Carolina. But anyway, it's good to be back. Appreciate Jason and Jeff so much. We have so many awesome teachers in this fellowship that, I mean, it's so cool to just see how we know how to preach Christ, you know, and not the Bible or not the law or not ourselves or whatever. Paul says we preach not ourselves but Jesus Christ. When, when, when I hear that, when I read that phrase where Paul says we preach not ourselves, what he's talking about is he, he doesn't preach how good, he, good a person he is and what he does. And, and sometimes you hear a lot of preaching that talks about how I get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and pray and you should do all, also. Well, that's just preaching yourself. But Paul always preached Christ and he was focused on Jesus himself, which is where life is. Which kind of leads me to what I want to share this morning about. Um, I want to share some thoughts. I've said some, a lot of this in the past, but I think it needs to be reiterated. I want to share some thoughts about how to read the Bible. Specifically the Old Testament. Especially the Old Testament. How to read the Old Testament. Because this scripture, you know, Jesus said, I love that verse. He said, you search these scriptures. And you think in these scriptures you have life in the Bible. You think in the Bible you have life. But they speak of me. And you won't come to me that you might have life. He was talking to the Pharisees, of course. But, and there's a way to read the scriptures that reveals him. And there's a way to read the scriptures that hides him. And if you are reading the scriptures in such a way where it's hiding him and not revealing him, it will not be life to you. It will actually be death. So this Bible can be death to you. The letter kills. The spirit gives life. The tablets written on stone, Paul said. The Ten Commandments are the letters of death, Paul says. If you are reading the scriptures... In such a way where it's hiding the Christ, it is death to you. If you are reading the scriptures in such a way that it's revealing the Christ to you, it is life to you. And I thought I, thought I would bring this as a little analogy. Kobe's, this is Kobe's Mother's Day card to Cindy. And um, it's almost like this. I was thinking about this driving over here. It's like this. If someone gave you a card, birthday card, graduation card, Mother's Day card, whatever, you would never think of just reading the the front of the card and say, oh, that's so nice. Thank you so much. And putting it away. You would never do that. You would open the card up and see what's inside the card, right? Well, that's what we do with the scriptures in so many ways. We read the scriptures. We're reading only part of the story when we read the law and we read what the, the way uh, the words are written sometimes. Only part of the story. Jesus said on the road to to um, Emmaus when he opened their understanding of the scriptures Luke 24, awesome he said to them oh you slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken not just the outside of the card 
but the inside of the card. You see? All that the prophet, he said, slow to believe all that they spoke. You're so quick to believe that God is holy and you're, you are sinful. You're so quick to believe the part of the prophets that says, obey my commandments and I will bless you. And disobey my commandments and you will be cursed. You're so quick to believe that. You're so quick to believe that you must be righteous and you must be righteous by obeying God. You're so quick to believe that. But slow to believe all that the prophets spoke. For the prophets said, behold, a day is coming. Behold, I do a new thing. Consider not the things of old. For behold, I lay a stone in Zion. For behold, righteousness has come. Righteousness is coming as a gift. In that day they shall call me the Lord our righteousness. See, and many other scriptures that talk about this finished work of Christ, the coming of, of God himself who takes upon himself the judgment of the world. For in, for in one day I shall remove the iniquity of the world, the scripture says. How shall a nation be born in one day, the scripture says, see. All speaking of this mystery of death and resurrection, of a removal of all sin and a birth of a new thing, a new creation. All in the prophets. So we're slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. So it's like this card. So we read this card, and, we, and we, it's like reading you know, part of the story. But when we open it up and we, we see the revelation of Christ, then we hear the joyful sound. Isn't that cool? See, that's the joy. If the scriptures are not ca- causing a joyful sound when we open them up and read them, We're just reading half the story. Half the story. It's not that the scriptures, it's not that those scriptures are not the word of God. They are the word of God. But the scripture also says, the word of God also says, God who spoke to us through the prophets in many ways has now spoken to us in his son. In fact, the word his, the, the pronoun his is not in the Greek. It actually says he has spoken to us in son. And I heard a, I heard a preacher say the other day, he said, he said, we speak in English God speaks in son. I love that. We speak in English. God speaks in son. You see, he is the word within all the words of God. He was the word who was with God, who was God. And he came, was manifested, full of glory in the flesh, walked among us. If you go back to the words of God and miss the word, then that's exactly what Jesus meant when he said, you study these scriptures and you think that in these scriptures they have life, but they speak of me. I am the word within the words and you won't come to me that you might have life. You see that? It's powerful. God speaks in son. His, everything is in his son. He has put everything in his son. That he would, and calls us simply to believe. Righteousness has come as a gift. He who has received this abundant grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Christ Jesus. See? So I want to share some thoughts about, about this. And um, I think it will really help us see how to read, especially the Old Testament, the New Testament also, but especially the writings of the prophets in the Old Testament, how we need to see through the eyes of Christ when you read the scriptures. Um, we're going to look at an example, one, of where Paul took the, the words of Moses and how he changed the words of Moses because Paul saw them through Christ. That, that is your authority for doing this. 
the Apostle Paul takes the words of Moses from Deuteronomy, changes them in Romans, and says, but the righteousness which is by faith does not speak like that anymore. That's an apostle. It's an apostle who's commissioned by Jesus himself to explain his gospel. Uh, An apostle who is opening the scriptures up, even as Jesus opened the scriptures up to the apostles on the road to Emmaus and the believers on the road to Emmaus. And saints, we are slow to do this. We are slow to read the scriptures through the eyes of Christ. Just as Jesus said to those disciples on the road to Emmaus. Slow to do this. Slow to do this. So I want to encourage you not to be slow to reword scriptures in light of Christ. Paul did it. We're supposed to do it. If we don't do it, it'll become death to you. If we do it, it becomes life to us. And I get frustrated. In fact, what, what inspired me to bring this message today was a message I heard on WTLN, on, the, on Christian radio, by a well-known preacher that everybody knows his name. I don't want to mention his name because he's a good man. He's done a lot of good through the years for the kingdom. But he was preaching on Joshua, and I want to read that verse today. But he was preaching it all wrong. He was putting us back under law. He was putting us back. He did not change the words in light of Christ as Paul did. And if you don't change the words in your mind in light of Christ, you will read letter, you will read death to yourself, and you'll be off track. So, okay, let's look at this real quick. First, Lord, we just thank you so much for helping us see these things. This is a spiritual revelation. Even as you opened the minds of your disciples, you said in Luke I opened their minds that they might understand the scriptures. It is a spiritual thing. It's a revelation. Father, by the Holy Spirit, I pray that we would have our minds opened in new ways to see the meaning and understand the scriptures. That we might see you on every page. And the revelation of Jesus might bring a response of faith and greater faith. Not an engagement of the will to do better, but faith in the heart. For what is the victory that overcomes this world? Even our faith. A revelation of Christ and faith. Faith comes by the hearing of the word of Christ. Faith arises when the revelation of Christ is seen. Faith comes by the revelation of Christ. So simple, yet so profound. Father, help us see as you see. Help us read the scriptures as you would have us read the scriptures. With all confidence that we look for the Son. For you speak now in Son. Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, first let's look. I want to show you an example first. Of Paul changing the words of Moses. We've said this before, but just look at it briefly. Look at Deuteronomy 30, please. Deuteronomy 30. This is Moses speaking. Let's just start Deuteronomy 30. This is where... Moses is speaking to the children of Israel. He's, he's about to, to die. He's not going to cross over into the promised land. And he's giving this exhortation to the children of Israel 
to obey the law, obey the covenant, obey the commandments of God. He is not going to be with them very shortly, and Joshua, Joshua will take over and bring them into the promised land. So he's exhorting them to, to not forget this, this law, this covenant, these commandments, and that this is, this is their very life to obey these commandments, okay? Now here it is. Let's look at verse, uh, let's just start at verse 9, I guess, chapter 30, Deuteronomy, verse 9. The Lord your God will prosper you abundantly in all the work of your hand, and in the offspring of your body, and in the offspring of your cattle, and the produce of your ground. For the Lord will again rejoice over you for good, just as he rejoiced over your fathers, if, if you obey the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law. If you turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. Notice the, the condition. He will prosper you. He will bless you. He will rejoice over you. But only if you obey the commandments of God and all the statutes that are in the book of this law. Verse 11. For this, this commandment which I command you today is not too difficult. In the Hebrew, that verse means, that word means not too hard to understand or comprehend. For it, it's not too difficult for you. It is not out of your reach. It is not in heaven that you should say, who shall go up to heaven for us to get it out for us and make us hear it that we may obey it? Verse 13, nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will cross the sea for us or go to the depths of the sea to get it for us and make us hear it that we may obey it? In other words, Moses is saying, it's not up in heaven somewhere where you have to ask for it or down in the depths of the sea or cross the sea to find it so you might know it. Verse 14, but the word is very near you. It's in your mouth and in your heart that you may obey it. What he means by that is, this word that he got on the mount from God is not something far away in heaven or somewhere across the land of the sea because God has given it to you. And he says it's near you. It's in your mouth because he made him speak it back to him. It's in your mouth and in your heart because he put it, you know, he, put, he magnified it. Of course, we all know from Romans 2 that we all have the law written in our hearts from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But the covenant of law magnified it for the Jew. So they spoke it back to him. It was in their, in their fallen heart. They had the law written in their fallen heart. Every man does. From the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right and wrong. So Moses made them speak it back. He says, look, this is not far from you. It is near you. It's here. God has revealed the law, his law, his commandments to you. It is with you. It is in your mouth. It is in your heart that you might obey it. So far, it doesn't sound like good news at all, does it? It's not supposed to. Look at verse 15. See, I have set before you today life and prosperity and death and adversity, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and that the Lord your God may bless you in the land where you're entering to possess it. And then he goes on, he says, if you turn away from this law, you shall be cursed, you shall be judged, you shall not have all these good things. Okay. Now, let me ask you this. You're reading this in Deuteronomy. It's the Bible. It's the Word of God. Does it unsettle you? A little? Or a lot? On a scale of 1 to 10, does this unsettle you? 10 being the most, does it unsettle you 
all the way to 10 when you hear this? Or does it, you know, maybe a 2 because I've learned so much about God's grace? Or does it 0? All right, let me ask. You don't have to show your hands. Right? But you know what I'm getting at. God wants us to read verses like this and have a, have a rating of zero, zero disturbing feeling about it. Zero. In fact, more than just zero, a smile should break on your face when you read this, if you know the secret. If you had read the inside of the card. If you know the joyful sound, if you know where righteousness really comes from. Okay? All right? Let's see what, what does Paul do with this? The apostle. He's quoting this, ver, this very verse in Romans. Let's turn to Romans. Paul, how would you handle this verse? Does this verse bother you, Paul? I mean, does it bother you, Paul, that these words seem pretty pretty strong. I mean, all the blessings are tied to obedience to law and commandments. And let's look at Romans 10. Does it bother you, Paul? Romans 10. Actually, back up to Romans 9, verse 30. Nine, Romans 9, verse 30. He says, What shall I say then? The Gentiles... Who did not pursue righteousness. And by the way, this is all about righteousness that we're talking about. You think about it. Those words we read in Deuteronomy is all about righteousness. Because God cannot bless unrighteousness. Galatians says, that this is awesome. Galatians says the blessing of Abraham was actually righteousness. And the curse of the law is unrighteousness. Because you can't keep it. If you offend in one point, you're unrighteous. One point. Guilty of all, James says. If you're one point, guilty of all. Like Clark said, if you, kill, if you keep 99% of the law but offend in one point, unrighteous. So the blessing of Abraham is actually righteousness. And the curse of the law is unrighteousness. So what we're talking about here is righteousness. Because if you are as righteous, if you, if you live on the earth... If you live on the earth as righteous as Jesus himself, who had no sin, there's no limit to your fellowship with God, your blessing from God, your peace, your joy, your confidence in the midst of tribulation. You know the Father's always with you as the, as the Son did. Even in his tribulation, he knew the Father was with him. That's the gospel. That's what we have. His righteousness by faith. All right, look at this. So good. Romans chapter 9, verse 30. What shall we say then? The Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness attained righteousness. Even the righteousness which is by faith. But Israel... Pursuing a law of righteousness, reading Deuteronomy, reading Deuteronomy 30, pursuing a law of righteousness, if I obey the commandments, 
did not arrive at that law, did not arrive at that righteousness. 32. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith. But as much as, but as though, let's see, but as though it were by works. In other words, they did not pursue it by faith, but as by works or by obedience to the commandments. They pursued righteousness, Israel did, by obedience to the commandments, and they did not find it. And he says, why? Because they did not pursue it by faith. Verse 33. Just as it is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. And he who believes in him will not be disappointed. Saints, the gift of righteousness is a stone of stumbling. Jesus himself is a stone of stumbling and a rock of, a, of offense to man. Why? Because man refuses to submit himself to the righteousness of God as a gift, seeking to establish their own righteousness. In fact, he says that very thing. Let's see here. Look at chapter 10, verse 1. Brothers, my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them is for their salvation. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. They don't see it. They have a zeal for God, but they don't see it. They don't see it. Verse 3. For not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, they did not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. In other words, they didn't receive it as a gift. Verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. You feel this? Saints, this is the powerful work of the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to this. This is what Jesus opened their minds to that they might understand the scriptures. So they don't stumble over something like that in Deuteronomy. On a scale of 1 to 10, there's no stumbling or no disturbance whatsoever because they understand the truth of the gift of righteousness. It's so awesome. Okay, look at this. So cool. All right, now, this is where, Mo, this is where Paul gets into what Moses said in Deuteronomy. He's going to quote Moses. Here we go. Verse 5. I mean, Moses is going to quote, uh, no, Paul's going to quote Moses. Verse 5, for Moses writes, here he is, Moses writes, he's referring to Deuteronomy 30, where you just read, okay? For Moses writes that the man who practices the righteousness which is based on law shall live by that righteousness. In other words, Moses talks about a righteousness that's pursuant to practice, obedience. And you live if you do it, and you die if you don't. And Paul says, that's, that's Moses, that's the, that's the righteousness of the law, and that's how Moses spoke. All right, look at this. Verse 6. But, big but there, but, but the righteousness which, based, which is based on faith. And some translations says, say it this way, I love this. But the righteousness which is based on faith does not speak like Moses spoke. That's the truth. The righteousness which is based, the righteousness which is based on faith does not speak like Moses spoke. Moses said, if you do the commandments, you'll be righteous and therefore be blessed. If you don't do the commandments, you'll be unrighteous and you'll be cursed. But the righteousness, which is by faith, does not speak like Moses. Now, see the boldness of the apostle? 
from the Holy Spirit, from Jesus himself, who commissioned Paul to explain his gospel on the road to Damascus, he is boldly saying that that is not the truth anymore. It's the Bible. What are you saying, Paul? It's the words of Moses. What are you saying, Paul? Moses himself said the day is coming that God will raise another one like unto me. And if you don't listen to what he says, you'll be cut off. If you don't listen to what he says, because what he says is going to be better than what I'm saying. That's what Moses said. Moses and Elijah appeared on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus himself. Moses and Elijah and Peter wanted to make temples for all three of them. No, Moses and Elijah was, was moved away, the father did, said, and said, no, not Moses, not Elijah. Hear my son. Because he was the fulfillment of all that the law and the prophets spoke of. Moses and Elijah, the law and the prophets, pointed to him as the fulfillment of all things. Not Moses and Elijah and Jesus. No, and that's exactly how most preachers and teachers teach it. They teach, they'll, they'll pick up Moses and read Moses as if Jesus never came. They'll read Moses as if righteousness was never given as a gift. And talk about obedience to commandments for blessing and disobedience to commandments for cursing. It's a shame. It's a, a total, it's a complete shame. No wonder the body of Christ struggles and on this scale of 1 to 10 reads a verse like that in Deuteronomy and is troubled up to the 9 and 10 level. But if you knew the truth, you would say, as I did when I heard on the radio, I said, oh, putting people under bondage without realizing that we read now through Christ. Okay, look at this. So cool. Verse 6. But the righteousness based on faith speaks this way. Or the righteousness which is by faith does not speak like Moses spoke. And here he is. Now he's quoting Deuteronomy 30, where you just read. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. Okay. He's quoting Moses about this law that you must obey in order to be righteous, in order to be blessed. And Paul says, do not say... Who shall send into the the heavens to get this? Paul says, what I'm talking about getting, though, is not commandments to keep. I'm talking about the Christ himself, who is righteousness. Because he just said in verse 4, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to all who believe. So the apostle rewords the words of Moses and he says, he goes, that is to say, verse 6, do not say in your heart who will ascend into the heavens. That is to say, or to bring Christ down. Not commandments. Not commandments, but Christ. Verse 7. Or who, who will descend into the abyss or the sea, the depths of the sea, which is exactly what Moses said about the law. Paul changes the words of Moses and says, that is to mean to bring Christ up from the dead. Verse 8. But what does it say? Quoting Moses again, the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is to say, changing the words of Moses, that is to say, the word of faith which we are preaching and not what Moses said. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome. It's not a commandment to try to obey that they had to read back to Moses No, it's a revelation of a gospel, a good news, that Christ, who has already come from heaven, the righteousness of God, and Christ, who's already already been raised from the dead, having finished His work, we preach Him. And if you believe on Him, you have righteousness. It is the word of faith which we preach, Paul says. 
changing what Moses said. Xing it out. Making it void. He made the words of Moses void by this. The work of the Son makes the law void. Christ is the end of the law for all who believe unto righteousness. See? It's powerful. You are righteous as you will ever be. You cannot be any more righteous because you have His righteousness as a gift. He who has received this abundant grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Christ Jesus. You have a lot of reigning to do in life that you're missing out on because you're trying to get what you already have. Oh my gosh. And then he says here, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. In other words, you recognize who he is. That's the first thing. You've got to recognize who he is. He's the Son of God. He's Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, which is the, finish, the finishing work that brings complete justification in life. You shall be saved. You shall have salvation. You shall be considered righteous. Look at verse 10. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For as we believe, we therefore we speak. It just shows the truth that you really believe. We, we believe, therefore we speak. Verse 11. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. If you're thinking, is he enough? Is simply believing in him is enough to be righteous? The verse says, trust me, you will not be disappointed. That's the value the father places on the death of his son. The lamb of God who took away the sin of the world. That's the value the Father places on the death of His Son. And our doubting that that's enough, or our seeking to establish our own righteousness by obeying commandments, is a slap in the face to God who gave His only Son. And that's why when I hear this on the radio and teachers that don't see this and don't magnify Christ on every page of the Bible and put believers back under law... It's sad. It's very sad. And that's why we have so much confusion in the body of Christ. Verse 12. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call upon Him. For whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. How then shall they call upon Him in whom they have not believed? And how they, shall they believe in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how, they shape, how shall they preach unless they, be, they are sent? Just as it is written... How beautiful are the feet of those who bring glad tidings of good news. There's the order. God sends us. God sends his people with this good news. And how beautiful are the feet of them who bring good news. And that's how they hear. And that's how they believe. If they choose to believe, some will not believe. Some will. And that's how they receive righteousness. It's awesome. Okay. I got a test for you. Here's your test. Turn to Joshua. This is the scripture I heard on radio. I want you to measure your own uh, disturbance meter inside of you. 
as I read these verses. Joshua chapter 1. This was the, the passage I heard the preacher on radio teaching about this, this week. Joshua chapter 1. Verse 6. We'll start there, verse 6. This is the Lord Himself speaking to Joshua. This is God Himself. God Himself. Let's see how strong you are in the faith. Sons and daughters of God. God Himself speaking to Joshua. Verse, I mean, chapter 1, verse 6. God speaking, be strong and courageous. For you shall give this people possession of the land which I sweared, which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to, to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Verse 9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Okay. The way to read that. I'm not sure what the disturbance meter is in you right now. But hopefully it's zero. Good. It should be zero. Do we meditate on the law day and night now? The answer is no. But we do something that's very cool with the law. We now meditate on Jesus. The Son, the Word, within the words, day and night. But we can find Him in the law. That's what we do. We find Him in the writings of the prophets, the writings of Moses. We find Him there. But we don't meditate on the law. We meditate on the Son. We behold the glory of God in the face of Christ, Paul says. We behold the glory of God in the face of Christ. He says the law has no glory compared to the glory that has come to us in the Son. We meditate on the Son. We meditate on Jesus Himself. That's why the Gospels were written as eyewitness accounts of Him. They observed Him walk and talk and move and speak. We read now the Gospels. We can see Him again. We see Him. We see Him. We see Him. We see Him. He opened their eyes that they might understand the Scriptures, that they might see Him. For He says, in all the Scriptures, in the writings of Moses, in the prophets, and in the Psalms, which are the three major divisions of the Old Covenant, they all speak of Me, He said. Look past the law. See me. You see? See me. See me. So, the way to read this verse, God who spoke to us by the prophets in various ways has now spoken to us in Son. So the way to read this verse is simply to say, this revelation of the gospel, verse 8, 
shall not depart from your mouth. This revelation that you are righteous in my son shall never be forgotten. You shall meditate on this reality day and night, how you are righteous in my son. And you will be careful to not doubt my provision in my son. And your way will be made prosperous and you will have good success. Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Then the scripture becomes life to us. Not the letter that kills, but the spirit that gives life. Let's close real quick with this in Luke chapter 24. I love this. Luke chapter 24. And let us, saints, let us help others see this. Talk to the saints. Talk to the believers and help them see this. Because most believers do not know how to read the Old Covenant. Because think about this, saints. You're reading in Christ. You are in Christ. So you're reading the scriptures in Christ. So you're reading as a son, as a daughter of God, as an heir of God. You're reading as one who is righteous. So if you know who you are, it's easy to read these words and say, yeah, but the righteousness which is by faith doesn't speak like that. And so you reword those words, instead of obeying to be righteous, you see, wow, I am righteous. I need to meditate on the Son who made me righteous, and not words of commandments to, so I can try to get righteousness, which, as we just read in Romans, the Jews tried to obtain their own righteousness and failed because they did not try to get it, did not pursue it by faith in what God did. Okay, all right, real quick. I know it's getting late. Uh, Luke 24, I love this, Luke 24. This is when Jesus is walking and he appears on the road to Emmaus. These two disciples don't recognize him. And he says in verse, chapter 24 of Luke, and they're, they're describing to this stranger, he's a stranger to them at this point, and they're describing to him what just happened in Jerusalem, how his tomb was found empty, that we thought he was going to be the Messiah. We don't know what's going on. It's strange things are happening. And Jesus speaks to them and he says, verse 25, Luke 24, verse 25, and he said to them, O foolish men, and slow of heart to believe in all, underline that word all, all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Verse 27. And beginning with Moses, including Deuteronomy 30. Beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. And they approached the village where they were going and he acted as though he would go farther. And they urged him saying, stay with us. For it is getting toward evening, and and the day is now nearly over. And he went in to stay with them. And And it came about that when he had reclined at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed it, which is unusual. A stranger would not do that. A guest in a house would not do that. That would be the owner of the houses. He took the bread and blessed it. And breaking it, 
He began giving it to them. And their eyes were open. In that one act, he was demonstrating the fulfillment of all the law and the prophets. He is the bread of life that was broken. And he gave it to them. And their eyes were opened. And, he, and they recognized him. They recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. Because it is a walk of faith and not of sight. Verse 32. And they said to one another, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? Was your heart strangely warm this morning when you saw what Deuteronomy 30 really means now in Christ? Yes. Romans, Paul, an apostle tells us that he has fulfilled all things and righteousness is now yours as a gift by simple faith. And therefore all the blessings, all the promises, for all the promises of God are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. Yes and amen. Yes and so be it. Because you're in him. Father sees you as righteous as his only son. He who spared not his only son. Will he not with him. Freely. Freely. Give us. Give us. All things. Last verse. Verse 44, and he said to them, these are my words, which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things which are written about me in the law of Moses and in the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Verse 45, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. And he said to them, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and rise again from the dead the third day. And that repentance for forgiveness of sins, a change of mind of what God has done, a change of mind from what the scriptures used to say to what they say now for forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations. Beginning from Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. Father, I pray that you would take these words and seal them in our heart. Lord, I pray as you open their minds to understand the scriptures, I pray that we would have our minds open to see Christ on every page. That we would not be tripped or tripped up or bewitched or deceived or moved or troubled by scriptures that appear to say something absolutely opposite of the gospel. Help us to see that Christ has fulfilled all things. And with all boldness, I pray, Father, that the power of the Holy Spirit would give us such boldness to explain the Scriptures to others that many would see Christ for the first time in the Scriptures like they've never seen Him before. May the revelation of the glorious Son of God blaze from this book. For in those Scriptures, he, it, they speak of You, Lord. And in, only in You there is life. I pray, Father, for a powerful anointing of revelation that the scriptures would open up. We would see Jesus on every page. That we would grow from faith to faith and from glory to glory. As we rest, as we enter this rest, 
For he who has received this abundant grace from God himself and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Christ Jesus. God who spoke in times past in various ways through various prophets has now spoken to us in Son. As you said on the Mount of Transfiguration to Peter, Behold my Son, hear Him. Thank you, Father, for this awesome reality. Amen.